the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. So I'm Rob Black, and you're not. We're talking money, investing, getting you to retirement. we got tons of stuff to talk about today with Facebook reporting earnings that were pretty much so better than expected, but their costs are ballooning. They spent an extra $20 billion last year to fight fake news. That's some extra do-re-mi hanging out, right? <laughs> Wouldn't they rather have put that in their pocket? It's uh, I have, I'm one of those people I, I, I love, hate Facebook. You know, it's, it's fun to stalk people, kind of see what they're up to without actually talking to them. But I hate, oh, I'm, I won't even get into that. We'll drop it. So let's talk a little bit about earnings season. Apple comes out, wasn't as bad as expected. Facebook beat uh, and Apple rallied. Microsoft um, beat the quarterly earnings per share estimate by a penny on revenues that were just shy of expectations. Its stock is a little bit lower, but it's had a great 52-week run. I like Visa. Who doesn't like Visa? They surpassed top and bottom line expectations for the fourth quarter. But they did see that they saw a slowdown in cross-border transactions in December. Its stock is a little bit lower. I would buy Microsoft or Visa if you have a 5 to 10, 15-year time horizon. And, of course, you need to consult a broker advisor for taking action. Any stocks mentioned on the show? Facebook is in the news. They had a better-than-expected quarter. Their stock is up 11%. It's tough to keep a company down when you have that many eyeballs checking out advertisements on your sites. And they haven't even begun to monetize Instagram. That will come. So Tesla's out there. They're down. They missed earnings per share. But more importantly, Tesla's got basically 30 days till they have a big debt payment, or their stock has to get a nice 20% move in that period of time. So they, they start coming out with just all sorts of news. They're talking about trucks. They're starting to talking about how great their cars are. Oh, and by the way, our CFO left. And they're talking about how great Elon, wait, wait, what was that part about the CFO leaving? Yeah, their CFO is retiring for a second time. It's not good. They're replacing him with a guy out of business school five years ago who's never run a big company, who's never been a CFO. So I'm out. I don't own any shares of Tesla, but if I did, I'm out. Because I don't want his rookie mistakes to hit my bottom line. Um, you can make the coolest car in the world. You can say, hey, we're, we'll be in Mars by 2020. But uh-uh. your CFO leaves. Success or failure starts at the top. UPS is up today after beating expectations. So we're deep into earnings season, right? And if we were to go back and start thinking about it, it's Thursday. So we get first-time unemployment claims. They're a little higher than expected. Not high enough to go, fire, fire, run. Not that high. But high enough that, like, if there's a couple more quarters of that or a couple more months of that or a couple more weeks of that, maybe we'll start saying, corporate America's getting nervous. They're, they're letting go more people. Say what you want about earnings season. I just hit a lot of stocks right there. Being called better than expected 
it's not exactly a compliment. So truth comes out every 90 days on Wall Street, and they talk about earnings and revenue and international and trade and Trump and margins and new product and new CFOs and things like that, right? So when you're better than expected, or it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Could you imagine if a love interest said that to you? You go in for a nice kiss, and she goes, oh, uh, it's okay. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And you're like, oh, you're killing me. You are killing me. So it's a backhanded compliment. Our earnings season is not as bad as expected. Interesting, right? So we got the Fed Chairman Powell. He's out there. And 2019, the stock market's going to have a couple themes. One of them is the higher interest rates by the Federal Reserve. They've pivoted from being a foe to a friend with the monetary policy outlook. The idea that the Fed Reserve is done for now has to kind of turn the table and given the markets a little bit of reassurance that they're not going to raise interest rates just to raise them, to get to a level where in the future when there's trouble, they can lower them. So it's kind of, it's taking, I don't know, it's, I, I'm trying to come up with a good analogy. My head's not working great today, but the Fed's helping. Now, Italy, one of the headlines I saw last night, they're now in a recession. Boo! Another reason to hate Italy, right? First of all, ciao is not a word. Second of all, Vespa scooters are not cool. Third, Italian shoes are too expensive. And now they've got a recession. Thanks, Italy. That doesn't help. China reported its second straight month of contraction. Oh, that's not good. Oh, that's not good. So we got some bad news out there to go with the good news. The earnings aren't as bad as expected. The Fed's kind of on hold. But we're seeing slowdowns in China, in the Eurozone. Fourth quarter GDP shows Italy has slipped into a recession. So Bank of Japan's out there, and they see some downside risks to the global growth. Germany's gearing up to provide a fiscal stimulus package for its economy. Fiscal stimulus packages are typically funded with debt. We've got too much debt in the United States. There's too much debt in the world. At some point in time, you have to pay it back. And when you do, suddenly you don't have money for lunches. I know you're saying lunches. Like school lunches that are given to low-income kids. You have to say somewhere we're going to cut out the spending if you continue to grow your debt. Or you could say, you know what, I'll just issue more debt and we'll let the millennials work on it. (laughs) Good luck, millennials. (laughs) Right? Oh, we are so screwed in the long run. But enjoy it while we have it. Um, Fed Chairman Powell pretty much so said yesterday that you don't need to live in fear of us, and that's good enough. His baseline projection that the Fed continues to see solid growth for the U.S. economy, so we're still seeing growth, but that the case for a rate hike has weakened somewhat and that the Fed is open to adjusting its balance sheet and normalization effort if necessary. When we went into a bad recession, 2008, the Great Recession was followed by the greatest recovery, right? The last nine years have been pretty sweet. What's my tattoo say? Dude. What's my tattoo say? Sweet. Dude. Um, I'm digressing, but we have a pretty sweet economy going on right now, and I feel good about that, but we're keeping an eye on it, and that kind of should set you up for being cautious, a cautious investor, the wise investor, the prudent speculator. So it's a little dull today. Yesterday, we had the big rally, earnings out of Apple and Boeing. You get the dovish commentary out of the Federal Reserve. Today, not so much. Microsoft beat their expectations not by a lot, by a little. Visa surpassed on top and bottom, but they said there were some problems out there, so they're lower. Facebook's having, haha, you oversold us kind of a day. We should never have been at 140. They should have been at 150, but now they're at 160. 
You had a chance to get in when it went from 200 plus all the way down to 150, 140. You buy great companies when you can, when the market doesn't like being in, market's in a moody, moody mood. Mr. Market is sometimes too optimistic and sometimes too pessimistic, and Mr. Market gives us an opportunity. I could have used Mrs. Market, and then I could have said once a month it gives us an opportunity, but that would have been uncool. Anyhow, it's an off day, but we're good. Fed Chairman Powell gave us some reason to hope yesterday. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Hello, hello, hello. I once was interviewing the CEO, Reed Hastings, of Netflix, and I threw down... I was younger. I was stupid. And I said something I shouldn't have said, because this was 17, 18 years ago. And he was kind enough to come on my CNET radio show, Stock Talk with Rob Black, which was kind of a phenomenon in its own right. I know you're saying you're calling yourself. It it was kind of a phenomenon because I was talking about tech stocks in the biggest tech stock boom. So I was at the right place at the right time, so to speak. But I was talking to Reed Hastings, and I made the mistake of saying, you know, hey, I get those red DVDs uh, in my mail, and I'm excited every time I get them. I'm like, can I have a business idea for you? Because tell me, what's your business idea? And I said, maybe how about some adult films, like for, you know, young men, you know? And he goes, I'm a member of the Christian Coalition, and he hangs up the phone. I'm like, oh, wrong question. I was trying to be snarky. I was trying to be fun. I was trying to be irreverent. And I even gave him the idea that he had used a, a green envelope because there was some movie that i never saw behind the green door pretty famous i think in san francisco but i don't know i don't know so changing the topic netflix i saw was this thing where we got excited when we got the red envelope when i'd come home and my flat in san francisco had a red envelope on the floor from dropping through the mail slot i was like Woo-hoo! so now you see bird box and the premise of the movie is you're not allowed to see the evil. If you do, you go crazy and die. So I'm not going to give away the, the twist ending, but mentally challenged people and some physically challenged people ultimately fared better than others. But Marie Kondo, her show just debuted on Netflix, and it's part of the corporate zeitgeist now. No one knew who she was. And she was on Jimmy Kimmel last night, and it's hilarious. She tidies up things. So if you go to YouTube and you hit Jimmy Kimmel, you could see her come into his office, and the things she found were hilarious. Um, she speaks Japanese, and she's very soft-spoken. She has a translator with her. Um, so she comes into his office, and she's going to clean up his office and kind of show everyone, you know, this is the corporate site. This is, this is awesome. Everyone loves it. This is a cultural phenomenon unfolding because Netflix has 120 million-plus people who are watching it. Um, so uh, the Bird Box Challenge... Also on YouTube, before we go to Jimmy Kimmel, people are blindfolding themselves and they're driving around the streets blindfolded. A young girl died when her car crashed into another car. People are destroying their cars. They're hitting Teslas. People are stupid. People are riding on their lawnmowers blindfolded. And they're like, ah, ha, ha, look at me on YouTube. I'm an idiot. Um, So Marie Kondo, she's the newest one. Last month it was Bird Box. This month it's Marie Kondo. She goes into Jimmy Kimmel's office. And the stuff that she finds, it's all about decluttering. I once knew a woman that she says, 
can you buy me a, a, a tablet? Because I don't, I want to read books on a tablet. She had vocal fry. I want to read books on a tablet because I've got vocal fry. And she didn't want cords. She didn't want books. She wanted to be a minimalist. I opened her refrigerator and you know what was in it? Alcohol. And that was it. I'm like, what do you eat? She goes, I like fresh food. I eat out every day. And I was, I was stunned. Really? Really. So Jimmy Kimmel brings her in and she, her job is to tidy people's houses to tidy, and just, it's kind of goofy. Like, let's sit in a circle and think about what your office would, what do you want it to be? It, it, it's, it's kooky. It's, but decluttering is a big thing and it's big business right now. She runs seminars where she charges people to learn about decluttering. That's insane. And it typically is a two to three day service. And she's opening up a franchise now where you could become the declutterer of San Ramon or the declutterer of Fremont. So she's, she's headed in right now. So she goes to his office and, you know, I like Jimmy Kimmel out of all the late night show hosts. I think he's probably closest to me. So he's the one that I like. I know everyone has different opinions and I'm not going to get into that. And you're like, what? You don't like Conan O'Brien. He's awesome. I hate Jimmy Kimmel. No, Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Fallon. I dislike He's just too nice. I, li- I like mean. Mean's funny. So Kimmel, um, she's going through his office, and she finds a pair of pants that he didn't know was there, an emergency ladder, a dead cockroach, a sculpture of his grandfather's head, a box of tr- cereal that had been autographed by Orrin Juice Jones, who one of his song lyrics was, tricks are for kids. Um, but are you a minimalist or a maximist? It's hit. And what I'm trying to get at is Netflix now is part of the water cooler conversation. Last month, it was Bird Box. This month, it's Marie Kondo. And there's some other ones, too. They've got a big issue on the Fry Festival or the Fire Festival that was a disaster. Everyone's talking about that, where you were going to go to an island and party with other millennials, and it was going to be this big thing, and there's going to be all this booze and all this great food and all these rock stars. The only problem is the food was like sandwiches, and the rock stars never showed up. It was a total scam. Guy got in over his head. And there's also a Ted Bundy thing. And like, why do I know this? Because it's all over Netflix. 2.7 billion people changing topics. Can't be wrong. It's the one reason I own shares of Facebook. And I hate the product, but I love the business. It's like back in the day, owning Philip Morris or Altria or whatever you wanted to call it. It causes cancer. It kills people. But, well, I'm going to have a cigarette after work. Kind of thing. So a lot of people own these companies that we know are bad, but it doesn't stop us. So Facebook on Wednesday announced fourth quarter results. And the thing that the only thing that I needed to see, I was impressed with the 1.5 billion daily active users. That's impressive. That's a lot of people. You know, I, I'm impressed that how much video is on YouTube being watched. It's 10 times. It's 100 times the Super Bowl. But they have 2.3 billion monthly active users now. That's crazy. Now, if you include all of it, Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, and Messenger, which all are their businesses, they've got over 2 billion daily active users and over 2.7 billion monthly active users. You could say a lot about the company. I think it goes to 200, 210, 220 by the end of this year. They do have some problems. They do have some privacy issues. They did a boneheaded move where they created an app that would allow them to spy on your phone when you're not using your phone. So like right now, they'd be like, well, Rob must be doing a radio show because his phone is telling me that that was pretty boneheaded in this day and age to pay a teenage kid 20 bucks a month to spy on him. I didn't want to get started with that issue, 
So I think the company's pretty stupid. And until they get deregulated or regulated, regulated is the right word, until the government comes in and says, you know, you're not allowed to spy on people. I think they're getting away with highway murder, and I, I, I invest in it. That's a lot of people, 2.7 billion people. You know when you see McDonald's and how many billions of burgers they've, how many cows they've killed? You're like, that's a lot of, they're, they're killing a lot of cows. They're cow killers. And if you hate cows, you'd buy McDonald's stuck. Same idea with, with Facebook. Oh, you and your ugly kids and your pictures of them and your vacations. And uh, what's up with women doing side profile shots now as their, their, their profile picture where they're making pouty fish lips and they're only showing you half their face? What up with that trend? Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. So you guys know that I do this show because I saw my dad work till the day he died. I've got enough money. I can quit, go home, take my basketball with me and sit on the couch and eat Cheetos. No, not Cheetos. Corn chips. I'm going to sit on my couch and eat corn chips and watch Netflix until the day I die. But something in me has a daddy issue. My dad was a pretty hardcore alcoholic. Not the type that fell over. The type that would play mind games with you. Like, if you parked eight inches from the curb, he'd call the police because you're too far away from the curb. And he'd have the police put a ticket on my car to teach me that I'm supposed to be six inches from the curb. He would be the type of guy where I'm about to go out on prom, and I've got my car. I paid for it. But I'm on his insurance, so he's like, you can't go. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're taking away. And I'm like, I I called my girlfriend. I'm like, you're driving. So I would piss him off just as much as he would piss me off. Kind of made me who I am, and that's one of the reasons I want to do this for you because I don't want you to work till the day you die. You should enjoy your family at some point in your life if you have family or you should enjoy your life. I want to teach you things like Boeing. Boeing makes airplanes. As far as I can tell, there's three, four, maybe five companies that can make a big old airplane. If you've ever seen a Boeing hangar where they make these airplanes, it's stunning. At times in the history of the United States, it's been the biggest building in the United States. It's pretty crazy. So, they do something that a lot of people can't do. Anytime that stock falls 10%, I, I feel like I could buy Boeing. They also make missiles that kill people. So if you're like, well, they make the best airplanes in the world, Boeing 747, Boeing 757, Boeing 767, 787, the Dreamliner. Like, I get falling in love with the plane side of it, but you also have to look at the whole business. Anytime they drop 10%, I think you can buy Boeing. Now, I look at a company like Facebook that has 2.7 billion users or Apple that's got 1.4 billion devices installed and is trying to ramp up its services to those devices anytime it drops 30 or 40%. Because history shows us that high-flying stocks, tech stocks, will fall 10, 20, 30, or 40%. Now, you may not get that 40%, which would be the ultimate discount. I call that thievery. So maybe if it falls 30%, you could say, it's on my list, it fell 30%, I'm going to do it. Or if you see Boeing fall 20%, maybe you like sell your... You, Sell your lunch money. Not sell your lunch money. Use your lunch money to buy it. Maybe you dip into areas that you wouldn't typically dip into. So you should develop stocks that you say 10%, like Visa, 10% drop is good. 15 is awesome. In a recession, if it goes down 20%, I may sell my children. 
<laughs> Did you just say you're going to sell your children? I, I take that back. But that's how excited I get. I say stupid stuff when there's recessions. Most people don't like recessions. I love recessions. I know that's a weird thing to say. When I came to San Francisco in 2000, it was the most annoying city in the world because I was making six figures, not big six figures, small six figures. And kids coming out of college, I just spent 12, 13 years building a business and, and doing my thing and getting a national radio show. And kids coming out of college were making as much as I was. Like, this isn't fair. And all the, all the restaurants were packed. And they were packed by kids who were 22, 23, who were really good looking and smoking cigars. And I'm like, why are you smoking cigars? I don't get it. But those were kind of like the glory days of San Francisco. There was a renaissance of like, if you were dating, the the fine clothes people were wearing, unbelievable. The cigars, the the whiskeys, the, the restaurants, you couldn't get in. So anyway, find companies that you feel comfortable with buying in a dip. And then when it happens, it's good. The recession in 2000 to 2002, when the tech stocks busted, it was awesome because you know what? All those punk kids out of college, what school did you go to? I went to the University of North Dakota. You went to North Dakota and you're getting a six-figure job in San Francisco. In San Francisco, if you had a warm body, you made six figures. If you had a warm body and a smile, you made high six figures, right? It was the glory days. Oh, they'll pass you by. Glory days. We need a little Bruce Springsteen. We need some recession again. Because when that happens, those kids go home. The traffic gets easier. The restaurants open up. I like having a checklist of stocks that I like. So some will pull back 10%. Some will pull back 20%. Some will pull back 30%. Some will pull back 40%. I don't deal with companies that might go out of business. Like I like Yelp, but I think about Yelp and I go, They've got a pretty good business, yeah, but Google could put them out anytime they want to. Facebook could put them out anytime they want to, right? So I'm like, I'm not going to do that one. So I started thinking about the consequences when I'm putting together all my ideas. Um, I look at the markets every day. I don't get worried about the markets or excited or fearful, but I look at them. You know, I want to see how earning season goes. It's really helpful if you have a 401k, open it up, start with 3%. I've got a new producer on the show. Mike's moving into management, sell out. I got a new producer. He's 25. I'm like, take advantage of that 401k, dude. Start with 3%. I'm like, oh, I can't do 3%. Start with 3%. You can do 3%. Next year, do 4 Just add a, a 1 to it. You won't miss the money, and you'll start automatically saving it. It's an awesome way to start. The only, the biggest mistake I ever made as an investor was not starting earlier. And I've made mistakes. I invested in a company that, uh, Cryomedical Sciences, CMSI, I think it was. It was a company that had figured out, hey, we could freeze prostate cancer, and then the doctor can go in and cut it out. And it sounds like a great idea. My dad died of cancer. He didn't die of prostate cancer. He died of lung cancer. But I was like, wow, saving lives. That's going to be big. And it's a story, and it's a story that only Forrest Gump could tell because he told it so well. Freezing cancers and cutting it off. I yeah, yeah, and a lot better than chemotherapy. When my dad had to get chemotherapy and radiation, it was it was brutal because I had daddy-son issues my whole life with him. And suddenly he's pulling out his hair to show me how frustrated he is. And he's like, yeah, look at this. He would pull a clump of hair out. I'm like, don't do that. That's freaking me out. But I had to, like, clean up his vomit. I had to, like, carry him physically, physically carried my doc, dad into a doctor's office once. So I've got issues. And my issue is to get you to retirement um, because I don't want you to work till the day you die. So I look at the stuff every day. Like today, there's numbers on new home sales. They surged in November. That's interesting um, because that's not what we've been seeing in the last year. So I go, maybe I should look at what we've been seeing in the last year. Last year, new home sales were down 7.7%. So maybe it's a little bit of bottled up demand. Maybe something else happened. I have to look. 
And I will look. New home sales, which are counted when the contract is signed, jump 16.9% month over month to a seasonally adjusted rate of about 657000 That's a pretty good number. If the next 11 months all have a 16.9% jump, but they won't. The new home market is not strong, but there's a strong monthly gain that we're seeing in the data. So the U.S. economy is not weak, and it's not roaring right now. It's good. So it's kind of a Goldilocksian thing. I like Goldilocks. Goldilocks was the ultimate. You know, she didn't want it too hot. She didn't want it too cold. She wanted it just right. She didn't want it too hard. She didn't want it too soft. She didn't want it just right. That's kind of where we are right now. So we are going to push home sales higher. Now, a drop in median prices helped fuel the big jump in November sales. So a drop in median prices. Uh-oh, we're buying cheaper houses. We're finding ways to get in. You can take a look at how some construction stocks who build new homes, if you use the ticker symbol ITB, it's a home construction ETF, it's worth going, who makes houses? And what you're going to learn is there are about six or seven companies in America that build a lot of homes. Now, you can have a custom home built, but not by one of these guys. They'll say things like, oh, we have a custom property built by. Um, it's worth studying, I think. It's way better than studying, I don't know. I'm not going to... I'm not going to knock what people study. If you're interested in French Polynesian culture, go for it. If you're interested in reading a biography of Bill Clinton or Barack Obama or George W. Bush, go for it. That stuff, no way. My reading time is dedicated to business because it's business time and it's time to get down. So Twitter is an interesting stock because when it came public, they, they couldn't quite get it right. And Jack Dorsey stayed on, and Jack Dorsey stayed on, and Jack Dorsey stayed on. They hired a comedian at some point in time to be a CEO. That's not even funny, but it's true. So Twitter got called a top pick by J.P. Morgan. I'm like, that's kind of interesting. So Facebook's getting a lot of love today, and one of the losers, one of the winners is Twitter, because J.P. Morgan is saying, we're kind of seeing Twitter benefiting from the same thing Facebook's benefiting from, a lot of digital advertising dollars up for grabs. Now, they see Snap, oh, Snap, is not that great of a pick and not necessarily trending with the same uh, competitive dynamic. Um, Snap's lost 20 top executives in the last year. And again, if I teach you one thing, I'll, I'll say it a million times. If I say one thing, I'll say it a million times. You Don't exaggerate. I'm not exaggerating. Success or failure stop starts at top. So that's worthy of note. Yum China. <laughs> oh, good golly. How do we talk about Yum China and not talk about why is Asia fascinated with Kentucky Fried Chicken? At some point in time, a franchisee decided to make Kentucky Fried Chicken a Christmas thing. And you can't make this up. It's some of our worst food in the world, and we export it. You know, so you can go, ha, 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 ha. We're teaching them. Um, they don't do fair trade with us, so we're going to send them Kentucky Fried Chickens and Pizza Huts. <laughs> That's revenge, right? Uh, and it's best eaten cold. Um, Bill Miller, he's a value investor. I like Bill Miller, and you should have a, a, a list of people that you like. And he's on a Google alert for me. Anytime he's in the news and he's talking about a stock, it tells me. Today, he said he likes Amazon, RH, Facebook, and Cody. So I'm like, okay, I don't, how, do I know Cody well enough? I know the others pretty well. So do I know Cody? Well? So I'll, I'll go look at it. If he likes it, it's worth me looking at. I learned that from Warren Buffett. There's no shame in being the greatest investor of all time. And if you're, right? 
Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Thanks for listening to the show. I do seriously appreciate it. It's been good for me. Um, It's therapeutic for me. And uh, in return, I try to give you ideas on investing and uh, I, I hold no punches. Stock market goes up seven out of ten years historically for the last hundred years. I'm going to be on the winning side if I say I like the stock market. There was a guy a couple of years ago who sold a lot of gloom and doom, and uh, hated him because he's like IBM. First of all, he had a lisp. Which, if you're going to do radio, I'm not sure a lisp is the right way to go, but maybe I need to get over that and be more 21st century. But he had a lisp, and he's like IBM is going to go to zero. I'm like. Okay, Daffy Duck, what are you saying? You're saying IBM's going to zero? And he'd get people scared. And he said, I buy gold. Sell every stock today. I'm like, what? I think that should be illegal. This market has been through World War I, World War II. It's been through Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Two nuclear blasts. It's been through presidents assassinated. This market has been through recessions. It's been through oil at 150, oil at $19 a barrel. It's seen high. It, it's it's okay. I'm not saying it's 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 foolproof, but it's capitalism. So when you go into a store with a bar of gold and buy bread, that's never going to happen. So if a worst case scenario hits, owning a home in the middle of the desert that has a shotgun is going to be your best investment. So here's some two ideas for you, and I don't know which one I want to do first, so I'll just do the easier one in my head. TJ Maxx. I have no problem with TJ Maxx. It's a company that's been successful through in retail by its business model, and the revenue keeps going up every year. $28 billion, $29 billion, $31 billion, $33 billion, $38 billion. I'm like, woo! These are good numbers. And I look at their competitors, I'm like, well, okay, you know, something to think about, right? They're, they're not intimidating to me. So TJX is Marshalls, and it's TJ Maxx, essentially. And you get apparel, you get shoes, you get giftware, all at discount prices. And people feel like it's a game. They feel like, woohoo, I just got a $120 sweater for $23. Because it says so on the price tag. Was 120 now 23 Now, I don't know if it was ever $123. But if it's a polo or if it's a name brand, people are like, I'll take it. I've never got to the polo for $23. So that's kind of out there. And it's doing well. I could, if, if I could read Braille, I can't read Braille. If I could read Braille, I could pick stocks without even seeing them. That revenue growth, that earnings per share growth, the margins have been pretty stable. I like it. I like it a lot. I like you a lot. Dumb and Dumber. Which, man, was he on fire, Jim Carrey, for like three to five years. Just he could do no wrong. Ace Ventura, pet detective, was being passed around script to script, uh, actor to actor to actor, and no one wanted to do it because it was an awful script. And he kind of made something out of that, didn't he? So TJ Maxx is a stock that I like. It's not going to get you into a lot of trouble. It's... It's not sexy. Company has improved its assortment of, of, of best products, trending towards better customers to the store. In addition to driving frequency of existing customers, so you can go if you're existing. You can new people are like, hey, I've heard good things about it. There's some expense headwinds coming up, but there's also some growth opportunities coming up. They've got some underpenetrated categories like pet, runway, and beauty. I've got a dog. Oh my gosh, do I have a dog? They also have a, and I'd I like to find 
goods for them at cheaper. Typically, I'm driving straight through Amazon with all my dog stuff. But anyway, you get the idea. Loyalty program. Um, I don't like to shop, so I can't really endorse this completely. I hate shopping. I hate people. I hate being out in public. Um, I hate it when people say, hey, aren't you that guy from TV? Um, Yes, I'm Frank Somerville. Um, Now leave me alone. And I yell at people. So that's not a sexy stock, but it's a stock I like. Now here's a stock that's sexy. PayPal. So eBay had a bad quarter. And a lot of people still pay with PayPal through eBay. So people are like, oh, that's not good for PayPal. But Venmo, a division of PayPal, it's what all the millennials use to pay their friends when they go see a movie or have dinner together. They had a solid quarter. PayPal had a solid quarter. So it's on my shopping list. Now, again, it's a financial company. And there's no reason that Visa can't do what they're doing, except for Visa's not cool and hip to young kids. So at some point in time, I think Visa buys PayPal or MasterCard, or someone who wants that big scope thing. Venmo growth continued stunningly. 78% growth. That ain't too shabby. They process $19 billion of total payment volume. If you have someone who comes mow your yard, if you have someone who babysits for you, Venmo's like the easiest thing in the world. They get their money that day. So eBay's in the news, but I see it as a PayPal Venmo story. Person-to-person volume grew 46% to more than $39 billion. Strong mobile engagement on PayPal's platform contributed to $67 billion in mobile payment volume in the fourth quarter. PayPal processed $164 billion. These are stunning numbers and growing 23 24 25%. Yes, you have to watch out. HyperWallet, iZettle. There's things out there that are going to help them. There's, there's competitors out there that are going to try to take their business. Broker advisor take a on any stock no. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.